0: as I told the first service, you guys probably don't need this, but, um, probably more so the first service, but be good, <laughs> be good while they're gone. Amen. Amen. All right. Awesome. So, um, pastor Jay is, um, instructed us. We're starting a new series. Um, it's <clears throat> very clever since it's November. It's going to be on being thankful. <laughs> it's very original, <laughs> creative, all those things. But, um, so I'm going to be speaking on being thankful for the Word, and I'm very excited about that. Um, Pastor Dennis next week, will be uh, preaching on being thankful for the blood. I believe Pastor David is going to be preaching on thankful for the cross, and Pastor Jay is preaching thank for on thank, thank, being thankful for redemption. That's right. <clears throat> so as I was preparing and uh, looking at different things, the first verses that kind of popped in my head, um, we won't be preaching on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but when you think about the word, there's so many things that pop in. And, and uh, one of the verses was, thy word have I hid in my heart. Or I'm sorry, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And that was one of the first ones. The next thing I started thinking about was First <clears throat> John 1. In the beginning was the word. The word was God and the word was with God, right? Jesus being the word. And that's, that's awesome, awesome verses. And, and it is um, going to be kind of roundabout in the mix of this, but the passage of scripture that the Lord directed me to is Isaiah 55. And in my studies and looking into Isaiah 55, it's really kind of cool is the Isaiah 55 is the prophecy of Jesus, the word coming and fulfilling uh, the, the new covenant. So the Holy Spirit knows what he's doing. How many know that? And I'm glad he does. Because when, when he's in charge, good things happen. And when I'm in charge, not so good things happen. So we're going um, <clears> to, <throat> I'm just going to start from the top. Well, I guess I would if I turn there. Thank you. I'm comfortable with my Bible. <laughs> it's, it's like fits my hand just right. Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Even if you have no money. I like that. Come take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? How many can say they've been guilty of that one? (laughs) Spent money on stuff that we think it's going to bring some sort of fulfillment, some sort of peace, some sort of joy, some sort of something. And all you were left with was less money in your wallet. So why pay for food that does you no good? Listen, and I will tell you where to get that food that is good for the soul. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen for the life of your soul is at stake. I am ready to make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give all the mercies of an unfailing love that I promised to David. He displayed my power by being my witness and a leader among the nations. You also will command the nations, and they will come running to obey, because I, the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, have made you glorious. Now, I want to focus mainly on this, this text here. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he is near. Now, I want to stop for a second. It's not like God is going to be going off on some journey saying, Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him while he is near because we have a tendency sometimes to drift. God's not drifting. We have a tendency to drift. So Isaiah is is speaking and saying, call call on him while he's near. Like when you feel the presence of God, is that a good opportunity? Like during worship, when you feel the anointing and you feel the presence of God is stirring and the Holy Spirit is active, that's probably a good time to pray for one another. When you have a need, that's probably a good time to lay hands on somebody. Because the waters are stirred. Remember the pool of Bethesda? When the waters are stirred, when he's near, it's a good time to call on him. When he's near and he's speaking, it's a good time to listen. Because I've been on the other side of it and it don't work out real good. Because when you're far off, you don't even think to call on him. But when you feel his presence and you know he's there, he's right in front of you. Call on him. Have any, is anyone weary and heavy laden? Just call me and I'll give you rest. Let the people turn from their wicked deeds. Let them banish from their minds the very thought of doing wrong. Ooh. And instead, let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. We serve a good God. Yes, turn to our God for he will abundantly pardon. I love this. My thoughts are completely different from yours says the Lord and we all said Amen and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine for just as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts that's a Grand difference. I mean, it's ridiculous the distance we're covering in difference. It's really stri- been striking me. I, I <clears throat> we sometimes think that our thoughts are good thoughts. Sometimes they are. But my thoughts in comparison to his thoughts are no way near each other. We can think that plans, we can think, oh, I'm going to do this, or we're going to do that, or maybe this will happen. His thoughts are so superior that we shouldn't entertain our thoughts very long. Sometimes I entertain my thoughts and ponder my thoughts and all these things, and I spend so much time in them, and they are like this. And his are so glorious. I need to ponder his thoughts a lot more than I'm pondering mine. And I believe you probably should be doing the same thing because when he says my ways are far superior, far different than yours, and they are, how many know that? I mean, how many of you have spent all kinds of thought and all kinds of preparation, all kinds of stuff. And then God shows up with a a word, (laughs) a word, and it all falls into place and all this stuff happens. And it's like, wow. Right? That's what I want. I like that. (laughs) I like one of his words. And it's all dealt with, and, and I'm not thinking, and I'm not freaked out, and I'm preaching it to myself, because this last week, I could have heard someone preach this message to me. It would have been really good. <laughs> so apparently, I'm getting to preach it to myself today. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways and my, higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to. And it will prosper everywhere I send it. This is why we're speaking on this passage of scripture on being thankful for the word. When I began to look at this passage of scripture and being thankful, I started entertaining entertain, speaking about being thankful. And I'm, I'm not going to do that a whole lot. Um, but what came to my heart when I started pondering that being thankful was this very, in verse 2, talking about being hungry. Why do you pay for, for food that does you no good? Or, have, or come to me and I will give you wine or milk or whatever you have need of for free, of no charge. And the thought of being hungry just stood out to me. How many of you have been truly hungry? I mean, truly, where you, you, you had not ate for a long time. Okay. It's, it's a little different than you didn't, you know, uh, we're going a little late in service and I'm hungry. I, I've been on a couple times in my life where it was long periods and when just some soup, oh boy, I'll tell you what, you're thankful and it tastes so good. I mean, it's ridiculously good. And it's the same way when, when we are in lack of something, and then you have it. You so, you're so thankful. And, and I am thankful for his word. And I, uh, I shared with the first service, and I guess I'll share with you guys. There was a time in my life, and I don't talk about this stuff real very often, but I was a knucklehead, and, and I was in jail in, uh, in Stockton. And I was even more of a knucklehead when I was there. So they, I got to graduate to the um, ADSEG department, which is called The Hole. And there, you have nothing. And I'm not looking for a pity party. This isn't a sad, like, oh, just the facts. Um, all your commissary, all your stuff gets taken. And you're left with only your tooth. You get a toothbrush and just, just the necessities. No, not even any books to read. Except there was a Bible. And it was called, and I've always thought this was hilarious. God's got a good sense of humor. The Bible was called set free. <laughs> or free on the inside or some, some having to do with free. And I just got a chuckle out of that. I'm like, I'm more locked up than I've ever been. And anyways, so for 43 days, that's, that was my home for that time. And I read the New Testament in probably 17 days or less than that. It might've been less. I did push ups and read the Bible, and, and it was powerful. It was the only, it was, it was like, it was feeding me, and I was in a dark spot. Fast forward, still in the knucklehead. <laughs> Similar place, but in a different county. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord's knocking on my heart, and He says some very specific things to me, which caused me to, He got my attention. So when I finally surrendered, the next morning I got up and I looked for a Bible. And from that point forward, his word radically changed my life. Radically. There wasn't a pastor in there. There wasn't Christian TV. There wasn't Christian music. There wasn't Christian nothing. But the word of God. And it came alive. And it did something inside of me. And it's still doing it. And I am so thankful for His Word. I'm, I am. This is the most powerful thing, Church. I've ever held in my hands. It is the, it is a beautiful thing. It is, he has given me words from His Word. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a passage of Scripture that David wrote, probably some, I don't know, three thousand years ago, maybe, maybe twenty five hundred years. I don't know. Long time ago. <clears throat> Many moons ago. <laughs> And I truly believe, and when I read it, I thought this, and I kind of still do think this, that the Lord or the Holy Spirit had David write that so that I would come across it one day. And it was Psalm 40. And it just, it wrecked me. And his word still wrecks me, and he still drops in parts of his word that just come alive, and I know they're for me. I'm so thankful for his word. His word, uh, there's a couple things I want to focus on out of this passage of Scripture. One of them is bread for the hungry. In verse, in verse 10, the rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the, the, water, the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. And I'm going to go in reverse order. We're going to do bread for the hungry first. Bread for the hungry. When I begin to ponder this, the bread... Jesus says in, in John 6, 35, let's, let's turn there. I'm going to read this. I didn't do this in the first, but we're going to do it this time. The Pharisees and, and religious leaders were talking to Jesus. In verse 29, and he said, it said that Jesus told, Jesus told them, this is what God wants you to do. Believe in the one he has sent. And they, rep- they replied, you must show us miraculous signs if you want us to believe in you. What will you do for us? After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. As the scriptures say, Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said, I assure you, Moses didn't give them bread from heaven. My father did. And the true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day of our lives. And Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry again. Those who believe in me will never thirst. He dropped the huge I am on them. They knew that that's what God called himself and pronounced himself when he said, Moses, what is your name? He said, the I am sent me. So Jesus said, I am the bread. And in this prophecy of of, uh, 55, Isaiah 55 is prophesying of the bread coming to this earth. And Jesus is that bread. His word is that bread. In Luke twenty-two nineteen, 19, Jesus says this. He took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it in pieces. And he gave it to the disciples, saying, this is my body given for you. And we do this once a month, right, in remembrance of Jesus being the bread. And his word is the bread. How many are thankful for the bread? All right? are we thankful for the word? The next thing I want to be thankful for through his word is the seed. The seed of the farmer in verse 11. <clears throat> you know, it talks about the rain coming to the earth and the snow coming to the earth. And we get the rain part because the rain has to come down and soften the soil and, and it, it tenderizes the ground and it makes the seed germinate. But the snow, I was thinking about the snow. So why is he using the snow? And also it does come and it waters the ground. But sometimes when the word goes out and and as we read, you know, read on, it says that his word never returns void. It always accomplishes everything he sends it out to do. There's some confidence in that, right? When God says, every time I send it out, it always accomplishes everything I intended to do. It never returns void. That should give us some confidence in his word, right? Right. But the snow part, so sometimes, has anyone ever noticed when the, maybe you've given a word or maybe you've spoken the word or maybe you've heard the word, but you didn't see the result? Is anyone like, well, I know his word never returns void. Well, maybe it's laying under a blanket of snow. Have you been thinking about the snow. You know, when it's like, and it, when there's snow on the ground, usually everything looks dead. You don't see the leaves on the trees. You don't see green grass. You usually see yellow if there is any grass, and there's no leaves. So why is there snow over it? The snow is protecting it because it's so bitter cold and frozen outside everywhere else. If the seed was there, the seed would be dead. But he sends the snow to blanket it. You guys hear the snow being a blanket? If you're outside in the wilderness and you're stuck in a snowstorm, what do they tell you to do? Dig a snow tunnel, right? And that just kind of messes with your head. But it's a blanket, it will keep you warm. So have faith in his word. He sends the rain when it needs rain. He sends snow when it needs snow. It's covering it, it's protecting it. We can put our confidence and our faith in the seed and in the word. Amen? It doesn't matter what, what, what these eyes see, it matters what he says. He said, He'll never return void. So what, you know what that means? It won't. Pretty smart, huh? <laughs> the other thing about the seed. Now I'm going to keep... I got ahead of myself. Jesus being the Word, we can look to Him as an example every time, right? When I was a youth pastor, 90% of the time I asked a question, the kids would go, Jesus? Jesus? <laughs> And I've kind of learned Jesus is the answer. ninety, You know, 100% of the time, always, Jesus is the answer. So in that, I, wanted, I, want, I would say that Jesus modeled being the Word. And I'm pretty sure Jesus accomplished everything that the Father sent him to do. Amen. Nothing that Jesus did ever returned void. That's right. Right? That's right? Am I right? Yeah. Okay, there's someone here. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Matthew 13, and we're not going to go there because we don't have time. Um, Matthew 13, the whole chapter speaks, it starts off with a, as a farmer scattering seed, right? And I was looking at this and, and uh, <clears throat> you see four different types of soil. Soil is, is important, but um, I learned some things in this. One of them is, is that the, the enemy does have the ability to steal some seed because it says in Jesus' description that some seed was, was snatched away quickly, I really think that's because we left it out. You didn't care for it, which we're going to get to. Um, the second one was, is that the birds of the air came. The, there was hard soil, like the footpath. It sprouted, but then the sun scorched it. Then there was weeds grew up and choked it out. And that's the cares of the world. Those are those things we worry about. And then there was this beautiful part. It fell on good soil and it grew 30, 60, 100% reproduction, which is awesome, right? That's not returning void. That's some powerful stuff. If you can put a seed in it, it produces 30, 60, 100 times more than it was. I like that. Like sign me up, right? <clears throat> so we get that. And then you see the, the wheat and the tares. He gives another analogy of seed and the, the wheat and the tares grew up. And the, they, they want to say, well, we should pull these out. We should pull the tares. I said, I'll leave them alone. We'll deal with that later. You know, the word always accomplishes its purpose. That's why the farmer wasn't in that parable, wasn't worried about the weeds. Because he knew that seed was going to accomplish what it was supposed to. Right? We also see the yeast is another one. A little bit of yeast. There was a tremendous amount of dough. But that little bit of yeast, what did it do? It accomplished what it was supposed to. Because it never returns void. Something that happens in the scattering of seed. In our day, we till, I mean, if you're like anyone else that I know, you go and you break the ground up first, right? Rototiller it, do whatever you got to do. Get it broke up. Get the rocks out of it. Make sure it's in good shape. Then you water it. Then you plant, you get some real pretty rows. get a hoe, and you plant your seed. In Jesus' culture, not the group, <laughs> they scattered seed. When you see the the... Parable, I've often thought like, why aren't they a little more careful? Because if I'm doing a garden, like we're gonna have some walls built up. And there's gonna be a fence and, and there's gonna be and we're gonna put the seed where it needs to be. Right? Jesus' culture, they took seed and they were throwing it, chucking it. Because they knew. It's going to produce. Here's what they also did. They chucked the seed first. They didn't break up the ground. They they chucked the seed first. Then the tiller of the Holy Spirit showed up and the Holy Spirit broke the ground up and the Holy Spirit got rid of the rocks and the Holy Spirit did his job and that seed produced. I have had the mindset and the wrong mindset for a long time that I need to go break the soil up first. Well, I don't I'm not going to bring the word yet because I, I need to prepare them. What are we thinking? What are we preparing? It's not my job to prepare that. My job is to scatter seed. You know why? Because it's good seed. It always produces what it's supposed to. Even when, I mean, we, he's saying be careless. I mean, just carefree with the seed. Just keep throwing it out there. There's a situation. Seed. Well, let's go throw some seed over there. Let me give you some seed. Let the Holy Spirit till that up and dig that up. Bless this thing in the name of Jesus. <laughs> right? I mean, you should, you just see this carefree, like, why not? I went over there. I as well throw some over there too. Right? Because it's powerful. If it always accomplishes what it's supposed to, what should we be doing? if you're thankful for something, do you share it? Do you tell people about it? How many of you have ever, like something happened, you're super thankful and you don't ever tell nobody? It don't work. Nothing will stop his word. The seed invites the plow. I know it's, it's, it's his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. We do it different. We need to do it how He wants us to do it because it works out really good when we do it His way. Amen? Amen. Is is anyone else getting this? All right. Should we hold on to the seed and wait? No. No. Scatter it. You know what's awesome with the seed? There's a bunch of it. And it's all good. And it always accomplishes what it's supposed to. Like, you don't run out. His word, I heard, is eternal. Rebuke this microphone. I know you can't feel what I'm feeling, but this thing is rolling all over my ear, driving me nuts. (laughs) God's word never returns void. It's powerful. It always accomplishes what it's supposed to. The last part of being thankful for the word would be in Psalm 119, verse 11. And he says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I began thinking about this terminology I've hidden your word in my heart. How many's hidden anything? When you were a little kid, did you ever hide anything? What did you usually hide? <laughs> Something that was special, right? The psalmist is saying, Your word is so precious to me, I'm gonna hide it like a treasure. I'm gonna hide it in my heart. I'm gonna treasure it. It's gonna be something that I treasure so that I might not sin against you, which is pretty powerful. Now, as I begin thinking this way, the Lord, and this is all the Holy Spirit, so I'm not taking any credit because I don't think straight at three in the morning. And <laughs> <laughs> um The next verse that goes along with this is going to be Luke chapter 6, verse 45. And it says, The good person out of the... I don't have time because I would read you more of this and it would be even better, but this is enough. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. So if we've taken God's word as a treasure and we've hidden it in our heart that we might not sin against him, what is it going to produce? Good fruit, right? It's going to produce. It can't not. It's not possible. If we've treasured it, it's going to be able to reproduce. It's going to be doing what it's supposed to do. I once was, was rebuked with this word, this verse, and, I, and I've never, I've got it in context correctly today. Um, I had an incident in Teen Challenge with, with a brother who was um, having some issues, and it, it got ugly for a minute, and, and further, I did pretty good for quite a while. I, I didn't respond, which for me, not getting in a fight instantly was a huge growth, and it came to a point that finally I'd had enough, and I got up. And some not-so-nice things came out of my mouth. I know it's never happened to any of you, but it did happen to me that one time. <laughs> Anywho, um, one of the pastors is walking by, and he said, come here. Oh, man. And I really love this man. He was so full of love. And, uh, but he said something to me, and it hurt. And he said, he said, you know what, Steve, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And it just killed me. And I would say this, there's a word here and it says abundance. It's there for a reason. That doesn't mean that if you have the abundance of God's heart and his word in you, that nothing will ever come out that's not his word. It's saying that if you have the abundance of his word is in your heart, from that abundance, the majority of the things that are coming out of your mouth should be him. and should be good. They should be life. Amen. Amen. So don't, we don't want to use the word to be a weapon. But it is true that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth does speak. doesn't mean if once on a blue moon something happens, you could use that and say, your heart's full of this. No, it means you're human. And you still have a nature that we're conquering and crucifying every single day because it has to be crucified every single day. Amen. But thank God we're looking forward to a day. Oh, and what a day that will be when we are free. Amen. I can't wait. I can't wait. All right. Billy Sunday said something. You guys know who Billy Sunday is? This guy's a radical, like he's a professional baseball player and the bat thing comes into play. (laughs) If you'd ever read anything about about Billy Sunday, the guy was such a radical um, prohibitionist. He would go into bars and go into places with a bat and break them up. (laughs) He, He was a professional baseball player. He knew how to use a bat. So that's what he used but he said something so powerful. And he he said this, he said, this book being the word of God, this book will keep you from sin. He said, and sin will keep you from this book. I found that to be very true in my life. This book will keep you from sin and sin will keep you from this book. So what do we got to do? Come near while he's there. Feed on the bread of the word. Be thankful for it. Don't, don't be okay with the crumbs. Don't feed on a bunch of other stuff and then you come to his table and you're full. Amen. I can say it because I've done it. I'm good. Are you kidding me? His thoughts and ways are higher and he's got the bread. It's free and it's really good. I'm good. I don't need that. I'm, I'm full. No, you should be so hungry that like you, you went to the rancheria on the seafood buffet and you're sick for a week, <laughs> right? It's like all you can eat and I haven't ate for a week. We're in trouble. That's how we should be for God's word. <clears throat> I want to close with this. This is the last thing about God's word and I'm going to paraphrase it. Joshua chapter 1, God tells Joshua in verse 7 and 8, and this is paraphrased, basically says this, do everything the word says, be careful to obey, do not turn from it, then you will have success wherever you go, and your way will be prosperous. Do everything the word says, church cherish it treasure it hide it in your heart and obey it do everything it says then you will have success and whatever you wherever you go you'll have success and whatever you do will be prosperous that is a good word that it doesn't ever return void it can't not be that way because he said it if it's not that way it's not his word that's wrong It's something in us. And I'm saying this because I'm living this. I know it's a strong word, but it's the truth. I I hold myself to this. If it's not happening in my life, it's not him. It's me. And I need to figure out what is wrong. He is not a liar. His word never returns void. If he says we can have it, he says we can do it, we can. His promises are what? Yes and amen. Father, yes. Father, yes. Amen. I agree. Yes and amen. Okay, what aren't we getting? Maybe the word's not being treasured. Maybe we're not eating the fullness of it. Maybe it's sitting under a blanket of snow and it's not germinated yet. doesn't mean there's anything wrong with his word. It means the time's not right. But I know this, when you put good seed in good ground and it gets watered, it produces 30, 60, 100 fold. Why? Because his word says so. He's a good, good father. He does not lie. A good father can't lie. His word is powerful. It says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. That was one of the verses I was really wanting to use. (laughs) I like offensive weapons. (laughs) (laughs) there's also it's also uh can be when you study it out it can be used as a small dagger roman soldiers also carried a small dagger so that if they were shot with an arrow they would be able to cut it out you know his word cuts and sometimes we get shot up full of arrows and, and the enemy shoots us up and we feel like we're full of doubt and all these things and we're discouraged and we're beat up you need to take the word of god and go in and dig out those arrows let him, have, let him do his work. Let that word cut through anything it needs to cut through and release out of you those lies or those things that the enemy has shot those fiery darts at. Amen? We are washed by the water of the word. You know that? Have you ever felt that? I have. Just felt washed by the word. The word says in Psalm 119, how can a young man keep himself pure, keep his way pure? You guys know the answer? (laughs) Treasuring his word by clinging to his word. I mean, that's some powerful stuff. I mean, for me, it's like I've been a young man before. I'm just being real. Like there's some crazy stuff goes on in young men's heads. You need the word of God. Right, I mean, let's be real. Why is it there? Because God knows. He knows what the solution is, right? There's a problem. Here's the solution. God's word is so good. We need to be thankful for it. Are you thankful for it today? Are you thankful that it, all, it, like, it cannot be possible for it to not accomplish what it set out to do? Anything he says, it accomplishes it. Anything, anytime it's sent out, it doesn't come back. The word never comes back. It's like, sorry, boss. Didn't happen. Every time it comes back, it's like, yeah, we did it. Every time. 100% success rate. Are you following me? Because You don't seem as excited as you should be. Like, you have a 100% success rate. It always accomplishes everything it's supposed to accomplish. It never returns void. If you follow this, you will be successful wherever you go. You will prosper wherever you go. If you apply it, it's in the application. It's not just, I know it. Are you doing it? Are you applying it to your life? Are you scattering it to your friends? Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen. Stand with me. Father, we do believe in you. We believe and we thank you that you are the bread of life, that you are the manna that came down from heaven. You are the bread that we take and receive of your body. You are the bread of the word that feeds us and that fills us, that satisfies us. And we thank you. It doesn't, we don't have to spend a fortune. It's not for those who are the wealthy or elite, like a lot of the successful programs, if you do this and rich dad, poor dad, or whatever, all those schemes and programs that are, you have to pay money. Lord, you said come and drink. Come and eat. I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for the seed. God, that is so powerful. That produces bread in so many lives. I thank you, Lord, that your word is a treasure. I pray, Lord, that we would hide it deep in our hearts. We would treasure it. We would value it. We wouldn't walk around and just, we wouldn't misquote it. We wouldn't misuse it as a weapon. Lord, against other brothers and sisters, that we would use it for what it's intended for, to do battle with the enemy, to set people free, to, to wash us, to cleanse us, or we wouldn't point it at people like a sharp stick. <clears throat> Lord, I thank you that this book, this word will keep us from sin. I pray that sin does not keep us from this book. I pray that we would realize who we are in you, that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Lord, this day I pray, God, that there would be a new value on your word. Lord, I know your words do not return void, and I'm thankful for that. God, have your way with this church. Holy Spirit, we surrender to you. We give you permission to lead us, to guide us. We don't want to be like a senseless horse or mule. That song says, where you lead, I'll go. I pray, God, you would give us and show us right now. Show us a harvest field that needs seed. Show us your thoughts, not ours. Your ways, not ours. Your ways might say to put seed somewhere that it don't look like it belongs. Lord, I pray that you would fill our hearts with with places for seed. That you would, and we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you, you, you always till up the soil. We thank you, God, that your word never returns void. Go with us today, God, that we keep our hearts and minds and thoughts on you. In Jesus' name.